roll. This is audio only again. Melody, are you going to be joining us off camera? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, so hey, everybody, welcome. I'm David. I'm the moderator for the roundtable. Uh, just wanted to see me before I disappear. Uh, we'll have about 20 minutes once we get started. What I'll do is call on each participant um, in the order of the list that I was given, and uh, we'll just go around the horn. You know, each participant answer asks one question, and we'll go around the horn for as long as we have time for. Uh, so with that, let me make some quick introductions. Uh, we have Tia Fabi with Geek, Geek Vibes Nation. We have Stephanie, yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie Barton with uh, Geeks Worldwide. And Melody McCune with Geek Girl Authority. So we got the Geek Squad rolling in today. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get started with Tia from Geek Vibes Nation. Take it away. Hi. Um, first of all, Gustav, big fan, so this is really cool. Um, so you. we've seen <laughs> Merlin is a well-known character. We've seen him adapted many times throughout the years. What would you say differs your version of Merlin from previous iterations? Well, he's a drunk magician who's lost his magic. That's sort of the short pitch, you know. And, well, that's where we first pick him up. Um, and he's deeply flawed, you know, uh, and complex and troubled, and he's struggling as much with himself as with trying to, you know, impose his agenda on the world. Great. Uh, Stephanie, go ahead. Hi, so um, how did you prepare to fill these shoes of such an iconic role? Can you repeat the question, please? Sorry. Um, so how did you um, prepare to fill the shoes of such an iconic role that has like such a unique, like well-known vision to everyone? Um, well, what I liked about the character uh, when I read the scripts was that it was a take on it that I had never seen before. Um, and also I feel like Merlin has already been adapted in so many ways. So that's sort of, leaves sort of an open playing field to how you want to adapt him. You don't have as strong an, an impression of Merlin as you do of, say, Dumbledore or Gandalf or other iconic magicians, you know, because uh, he's already been depicted in so many different ways. So that sort of eases off the pressure a little bit. Uh, and then how to prepare for it, just a lot of hard work, you know, getting to understand the character, understand his arc, uh, finding his voice, his accent, his physicality, um, and understanding him. Great. Melody, go ahead. What was the most challenging scene for your character? Um, it's hard to say because it's always different, challenging in different ways. Um, but one huge challenge uh, was the very end in episode 10. It's a very climactic sort of cliffhanger end, uh, quite literally. Uh, and um, 
And and that's uh, yeah, that was definitely challenging to get that done well. And we had luckily we had like three days to get it done properly, and that was quite epic and challenging. Tia, go ahead. Um, yeah, so in the middle of the season, there's a flashback scene with your character and he's being very violent. And I felt that in that scene, there wasn't a whole lot of context. What was sort of the background information that you were given to kind of shape that scene for you? Um, it's hard for me to, to reveal that without spoiling anything for the fans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is like a chapter. What we get to see a glimpse of there is a chapter of Merlin's life that goes back like seven, more than 700 years, I think, in time. Uh, in an episode when the Fae people were at war with the Romans. Um, and that's what we see there. Uh, and yeah, I definitely got a lot of the context there from, from, from Tom and, and so on. Cool, thank you. Stephanie, go ahead. So at a couple points, um, Merlin is seen using um, foreign incantations and attempts for spells. Um, did you have to learn some other type of foreign pronunciation to do that? Or was it just like just reading off the script? How much work was there put into pronouncing that? Uh, no, there was a lot of work put into it. Uh, we had uh, sound files sent to us uh, by, by a woman because this is sort of like a created Fey language, which is sort of based on Welsh, and but it's specifically created for the show. Uh, and uh, and then we had a, I think she was a Welsh woman who, who sort of you know sent sound files. Uh, but then also like I also wanted to make it my own and not just repeat off of her because since it is a magical language, it gives me the liberty to sort of do my interpretation of it as well within the realms of the realm of the sounds that we have agreed upon but it was fun it was a very challenging to learn it was really hard actually to memorize cool melody go ahead did you find it was a very collaborative environment with the directors and writers and then as an actor were you able to give creative input regarding your character yes to both of those uh, tom who's the writer and the showrunner he was pretty much always present on set. So if you ever had any questions or ideas or, you know, concerns, you, he was always there to, to take that with you. Um, he had to go back to the States once for two weeks and it was like a void left on, uh, on set when he was gone. Um, it was quite disturbing because <laughs> we got so used and spoiled, you know, to having him there. Um, so that was, that was, uh, that was great, and and in in general, uh, such a pro professional crew, professional cast, lovely people. Um, so yeah, I, I really had a great time working with all these these people. Cool. Tia, go ahead. Yeah. So Gustav, what would you say is kind of the difference between filming a show for say Netflix as opposed to filming a show for the History Channel? Um, all shows are different because they're always, you know, run by different people. Um, and what we as actors do 
predominantly like we're more exposed to the people the, to the creative people right um rather than the actual net form or platform having said that uh i have really enjoyed the collaboration with netflix i've been really well taken care of um you know they had great meetings uh before we started shooting regarding you know sort of the whole me too movement and 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 new sort of um, you know, ways to deal with that sort of stuff. And, and I feel like, you know, that they have been really good employers. Stephanie, go ahead. So at um, certain points in the show, particularly during flashbacks, we see more of Merlin using his magic, which obviously isn't a physical interaction. Was it difficult um, to perform against what is essentially nothing that they have to add into effects later? Uh, I didn't have to do too much of that. Um, whenever we saw, there's only a few small moments when you see him actually perform his magic. Um, I can only think of one in the flashbacks. Um, and it wasn't hard. It was sort of just like, you know, I just had to speak with the VFX people and understand what their idea was. And so we can match it to my physicality. Um, so that's like, technicalities um but but yeah so it's yeah but it's fun melody go ahead if you could play a different role other than your own who would you choose and why in the show yes um who would i choose well i mean if 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 we like disregard my age and gender and everything, uh, I think Morgana is a very interesting role. Um, I think, uh, I also think, but he said, I mean, Billy who played um, Squirrel, brilliant. Um, having said that, both of those fine actors would do a, 100% way better job than I ever could with those roles. So I'm, I'm pretty content with playing Merlin. Tia, go ahead. Um, yeah, so my question is, and I know you don't want to spoil anything for fans, but we find out something at the end of episode four in relation to another one of the characters. Did you know that um, before filming the series, or was that something you kind of found out later when you were given the full script? Yeah, I knew that from the get-go. I was sent the first five. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Episodes, what you're referring to is the reveal of the end of episode five. Uh, so I already, I already knew that. Uh, and then even before we started shooting, I'd also been given the next three episodes up until eight and i had a storyline for nine and ten so I, I knew the whole arc over the first season which was you know it's rare that you get that uh, on a tv show and i'm tremendously grateful for that because that makes my job easier for me but uh but yeah no all those i remember the first time i read that reveal i was like Whoa, no way goosebumps you know uh and uh 
and yeah, so there's like a lot of those goosebump moments for Merlin that I felt when I read it, and I hope it it it, it translates to the show as well. It did, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, go ahead. Um, which relationship do you think was most fulfilling to develop to develop between Merlin and another character? Most difficult. Fulfilling. Most fulfilling. Um, well, it was. It would obviously be the you know the relationship between Merlin and Nimue, but there are other relationships that I really like. Uh, Merlin's relationship to the widow, who sort of seems to be like a an incarnation of death, uh, and I love the way that they are. They have this playful relationship, and he's sort of like sad that she hasn't come to claim his life yet and they're old friends you know uh i'm really curious to 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 know more about their past uh and then i also think it's a really great relationship between merlin and, and king uther you know because he's sort of like yeah he's he's been there but he's sort of like been this father figure for him but he hasn't really lived up to that role so there's like a disappointment and guilt there and still he has to sort of double play him to 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 play out his agenda Elodie go ahead uh, did you draw from previous iterations of Merlin for inspiration or did you get inspiration from modern day characters or real life people uh, I never draw from particular performances or people Having said that, I'm a product of my previous experiences and whatever I have been exposed to both in my life and in fiction. Um, but I don't have a particular role or person that I would have drawn from. Um, and also, especially not in terms of earlier iterations of Merlin, because I feel like what we're doing is something so completely different. So it would be sort of pointless for me to do that. Uh, Tia, go ahead. Piggybacking on something you had said earlier, just kind of a fun question. Do you think that Merlin ever actually liked King Uther or he was just a means to pretty much his own uh, self-satisfaction? Um, I think that it was predominantly just the latter, a means for his own self-satisfaction and, you know, get a hold, like it's a power play and get a hold of his you know, wine cupboards and whatnot, and he can live this sort of nonchalant lifestyle in his castle uh, predominantly. But I also think that we, fi we find out something about Uther's background uh, that Merlin knows about, and I think that he's always empathized with him for that reason. So there is also sort of like a care for him and a hope that he will, you know, live up to being a righteous king and all that and but that comes a bit later when we first see merlin uh, he's just too drunk to give a f <laughs> uh, stephanie go ahead um if you had the opportunity to um further develop the character of merlin what would you like to see more from him in terms of his backstory or his future or his present um i would like to explore more of his origin. Um, definitely like what happened between the different flashbacks that we get to see for season one, that would be really interesting. 
um, and then sort of explore. I, I, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling anything, but what happens next? I'm just really curious to see who will Merlin become after everything that has happened in this first season. I'm very curious to see that. Melody, go ahead. Is there someone from the cast that you wish you had more scenes with? Peter Mullen. I had, um, who plays Father Carden. He is one of my favorite actors and has been for a very long time. Uh, luckily, I, I got to have a little bit of interaction with him and I would have loved to have more. Tia, go ahead. Did you have any input on the costume design or was that completely out of your hands? No, it's most of the time it's sort of like a, a dialogue between the actor and the costume designers, at least if you're interested in it. And I'm really interested in both makeup and costume as well. Um, having said that, they had already laid down a beautiful work when I, when I entered the, the project in terms of research and everything. And then it was a matter of finding the, the right looks. It was great fun exploring those different looks with Marianne who designed the, the costumes. Because uh, we need to find first sort of like the cellar dweller, nonchalant, you know, drunk castle dweller, and then sort of find his hero costume for when he's out on his quests and adventures. And uh, it's great fun. Uh, and also Erica Oquist, who did the makeup, she's built this whole world with a different fae people and everything. It's just, she's done a tremendous work. Um, and it was also fun to come up with her for the different ideas of the various different states that Merlin goes through. Stephanie, go ahead. Um, as with a lot of other characters in the series, over the course of it, um, Merlin sustains a couple injuries. Was that um, more so um, things that get to physically wear, like at the same time as when you were getting your makeup done um, for the day, or was that more digitally added later on? It was makeup. It was all makeup. Uh, so, no, yeah, no. there were oh, sorry. days that I had, to, I had to spend a lot of hours in the in the makeup chair. And I prefer it that way because it also helps me with my performance if I actually have the wound and I can look at it and I can interact with it. Uh, so it helps me. Melody, go ahead. Was there a particular scene from the script that you were excited to see on screen? Yeah, I, I would say pretty much from my perspective, from Merlin's perspective, pretty much all of episode six uh, which is when the first time Merlin and Nimue meet. Uh, and that's also when we, we get to find out more about Merlin's backstory. Um, I was, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing that. Cool. And then that, but that's from Merlin's perspective in terms of like, I was, I was mostly, you know, excited about seeing everything but Merlin stuff because the Merlin stuff, at least I had been there shooting it and the other stuff I hadn't seen at all. So it was great fun to see all the other actors' performances and see how all those scenes played out. Cool. Let's see if we can get around one more time. Tia, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Is there any scene that you had filmed that didn't make it into the season? Um, no. I've been lucky this year. 
the show. Um, most of most of Merlin's stuff from the script uh, is in there. Uh, so that's always fun, you know, when, when your work is, is actually makes the cut. Um, and sometimes it doesn't for various reasons. Uh, but no, most of it is in there. Stephanie, go ahead. Um, what episodes do you feel, um, in terms of like what episode number do you feel is the most crucial um, to Merlin's development as a character that you feel is like the most important part of him to the series? That would definitely be episode six, uh, because that's when we find out more about his backstory. Up until then, he's sort of been, you know, he's been the drunk, he's been going on different quests without, you know, really caring too much about anything, including his life. Um, but then after the reveal of, C of episode five and then what we see in episode six, I think that's the, episode six, the biggest Merlin episode. Cool. And Melody, with the last question, go ahead. Do you have any favorite lines of dialogue from your character? Ooh. Um, oh my God, that's so hard. I'm gonna have to go back. But there's so many great lines, though. Uh, oh. Now I can't come up with anyone. It could also be another character. Yeah, I wish I had the... the well, Merlin has a line which is, uh, I think it's quite beautiful. It says, at a point in the show, it says, um, Dying is easy, living takes imagination. It's pretty good. Great. Well, guys, that's all the uh, time we have for this roundtable. Want to thank our, uh, our journalists for participating. Really great question, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.